Three, two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra Podcast, a morning edition. Not that you're going to listen to this in the morning, but it's uh, 10, 13 a.m. currently. Friday, July 2nd. The long weekend is is nearly upon us. I'm Chris. There's Parker. Steven wrapping up vacation. He'll be back next week. Uh, so we'll have the gang all back together again next week. For now, though, you got to deal with us, too, for one more week. Hopefully that's okay. Um, I'm looking a little jaundiced in my camera, so I apologize <laughs> for that. I got some bad you got, lighting. You've got the July glow going. I got the July glow going. I got about a five-day beard going. So You I'm loaded up on the, NIL endorsements, and now you have like, I'm, all I'm, the bells and whistles in your home I'm studio. Pushing some, I'm pushing some Runza, and I'm pushing some uh, – whatever that other one was Q pop or whatever pop, yeah, whatever, yeah. something go over. puff, go puff. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That was a very old man thing. I just said. Um, so yeah, a lot to talk about today. The last time we recorded a podcast, it was about, Oh, I don't know, 18 hours before we, or maybe a little less, a little more before we found out Bill Moose was retiring as athletic yeah. director. Yep. University of Nebraska. So we're going to touch on that. We'll touch on some NIL, some football recruiting, uh, a few other things. But yeah, it's it, it's been a busy week uh, since the last time we talked. It started, of course, Friday morning uh, with Parker's report that Bill Moose was out as Nebraska's athletic director. Yesterday, the financial terms of that departure, that separation were announced, uh, nearly $3 million going to Bill Moose, which makes you wonder just how much of a retirement this actually was. So yeah, it's been a, uh, as always, no shortage of drama or interesting storylines surrounding the athletic department and the people who run it. Yeah. It's funny. You said, you said into the long weekend and I was thinking, well, yeah, it's been a long week is what it's been. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since last, since the last time we, we potted, it's like the world changed about three times. And the Very first true. one, we'll talk about NIL and all that coming online, but yeah, with Moose, I mean, the thing, I mean, it, 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 it felt sudden. It felt abrupt when it happened last week. And, you know, he, he made it pretty clear in our conversation on Friday um, that obviously, you know, we reported and had in the paper over the weekend that this was not fully his, um, it was, he was going to retire at some point, obviously, but it happening effective June 30, 2021 was not what he had in mind. Uh, and he wouldn't tell us who, he wouldn't tell us who, but he did say, well, I have regular monthly meetings with Ronnie Green, UNL's chancellor, and we have talked about the details of my contract and how long I might stay on. So I, you know, I'm not a math major by any stretch, but you can put two and two together on that one and, and figure out that, you know, I mean, clearly, I mean, Ronnie is Bill's boss and, and it probably wasn't only his decision, but he was involved in it. I think that's safe to say. And then the numbers come out yesterday and Nebraska is paying Bill Moose his entire salary for the rest of his contract, 18 months worth of salary, uh, plus a million of a $1.25 million deferred compensation payment that was due to Bill at the end of his contract, the end of 2022. And think about it this way, Baz. He was owed a prorated portion of that payment if he was fired. But if he voluntarily left the post, which retirement would be, he was, he was technically by his contract owed nothing of that. Yeah. And yet we call the university calls this a retirement 
and they're paying him a million of the 1.25. I mean, it's just, it couldn't be more clear that this was a negotiated departure and it was instigated by the university. I mean, it, this, this is a retirement. This is what we call uh, it for the, for the politicos out there. This is a rhino. It's a <laughs> retirement in name only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it, it could just never be straightforward. Can it? No. Like it can yeah, never right. be easy. It can, there's always gotta be something else to the story whatever that may be, whatever went on behind the closed doors in the athletic department, whatever the relationships might've been, there's always more to it. Whether that stuff all comes out someday, maybe Bill Moose will write a book. Um, I wouldn't totally put it past him to do something like that. I wonder how long, I wonder if the, uh, I wonder if the NDA, does that extend until death or is it just for like a few? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. The non-disclosure agreement. We shall see. Bill Moose doesn't seem like a guy that is too terribly concerned with non-disclosure agreements. So maybe, maybe he won't worry about that, but yeah, there's, there was clearly a lot going on there and clearly enough going on that Ronnie green and leadership felt this was the time, uh, whether that's fair to Bill Moose or not, or fair to anybody else or not, it is what it is. And so Nebraska is looking for an athletic director and that's, they're looking for an athletic director. That's going to walk in at a, a pretty crazy time in the athletic department, like each of the last few athletic directors at Nebraska seem to have done uh, NIL. Of course, Scott Frost has a huge year in front of him with that football team and that schedule. Fred Hoiberg has a pretty big year in front of him with what should be a much improved team. You just extended your, your baseball coach, Will Bolt, after a great year. There's a lot that's going to be on this new athletic director's plate, whoever it ends up being. And we should know that probably in the next few weeks, I would guess. Yeah. We, Ronnie Green said by the end of July at the latest. Yeah. So it's, I guess, you know, if you're, if you're hiring – for this position, Parker, if you're Ronnie Green, what what are you looking for maybe in the next person, man or woman, that, that's going to be stepping in here? Well, I think, I mean, ideally, the, there's a couple things that are always going to be big, big parts of the job for athletic directors. And the ability to make good coaching decisions is at the top of the list, honestly, like at this point, you know, that's the number one thing. Are you going to, can you make the right decisions about not only about retention, um, you know, or having to fire somebody, but then when you, you're invariably going to have to hire coaches. I mean, Bill Moose hired 12 in three and a half years. And so um, including the, you know, three of the most prominent sports, obviously John Cook, you know, is, it has been in place for a long time, but then Frost, Hoiberg and Will Bolt. So that's definitely one of them. I think, and you know, that to me, there's been a couple among the last three. I mean, obviously, Tom Osborne had the job for a while, and and then um, I course just didn't work out. And and then with Moose, Moose was definitely I don't want to call him like a transition athletic director, but he was a little bit. I mean, they hired him when he was 66. Um, he's 70 now, and so like he was not probably going to be a 10 or 15 year athletic director. And I think it's fair to point out 10 to 15 year athletic directors are, are becoming a rare breed. I mean, yesterday there was, there was three changes in the big 10 West effective yesterday. Uh, we knew about all of them at various stages over the past couple of months, but 
Chris McIntosh formally took over for Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin beginning yesterday. Uh, Moose's was out officially uh, yesterday. And I think the Northwestern, the new Northwestern athletic director, who I'm, I'm blanking on his name, uh, his first official day was yesterday too. So three out of seven in the, in the big 10 West alone, it's become a job where it's hard to find long-term. But I think if you're like, if you're putting the wish list together, I think with all of the change and with the NIL stuff, you know, that era beginning yesterday, all of the uncertainty um, coming out of the pandemic, like if you can find a, a woman or a man who can lead you for maybe, you know, assuming, you, you know, they do a good job and, and, and all of that, like if you could find a long-term leader, a, a visionary type leader um, sort of to, to, usher in what seems like almost a new generation of college athletics. I mean, I think that's ideal. Is it absolutely necessary? I mean, if you don't get that, you're, you're, you're just setting yourself up for more change and change, you know, there's always going to be change, but I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at, at, at candidates across the spectrum, but somebody who could, who could potentially be a long-term leader, I think would be the ideal situation. There's no questions. Uh, Derek Gregg is the Northwestern athletic director, mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was announced June 4th. So, um, yeah, you're right. Like, it, you may not get a long-term person, but you need a long-term person. Uh, there's no doubt. There's just been so much instability in the athletic department, whether it's with coaches or leadership or whatever. And Bill Moose deserves a lot of credit for, for coming in and stabilizing things and, and being, you know, like you said, maybe a transitional athletic director, even though that's wasn't actually his title, but he hired the right coaches at the right time. He, he guided Nebraska through the pandemic. He basically set up and whether this is a criticism or not, he set up a self-sufficient athletic department to where he wasn't there a whole lot, yeah. you know, especially yeah. through the pandemic. Now that's fine in some cases, but you know, you also need a leader there when a crisis arrives uh, and whether that's, you know, football coach resigning, whatever, whatever it may yeah, be, I'm not right. That, but it, whatever it may be, you need it. You need a leader there and you need a stable leader there and you need somebody there who, when something like that arrives, you know, isn't going to be going anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's about stability for me too. And what does long-term mean anymore? Who knows? You know, like you said, does that mean 10 to 15 years? Maybe not. Those are becoming a rare breed in college athletics. But if you find the right one and find the right fit, then it, then it can become that. So really, as always, fascinating to, to see. How, I feel like we say that every week. This is going to be really interesting to watch play out. And yeah. it, it will be uh, because it's never not interesting around here. But this is an important hire for Nebraska, understatement of the year. This is a hugely important hire because there's a lot of hugely important things coming up that this new athletic director is going to have to deal with. It's and and so if we just for let's briefly sort of talk about where the search is at right now. It's been a week um since since Bill Moose was out. A lot of times, Baz, I mean, and it could be like watch, but there could the they could announce something today or right after the weekend. A lot of times though, these things don't happen quite as quickly as as coaching searches sometimes do. I mean, even when Sean Eichhorst was fired up, that was that was sort of a code red, you know, it was already four weeks into the football season and, and you knew that the next athletic director was coming in to make a decision football wise. And even then, I think it was four weeks, three or four weeks before Bill Moose, um, you know, was introduced as the athletic director here and five before he was actually in the chair. So 
you know, it, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, especially, you know, it's a little bit of a different process um, when it's the university administration running the search compared to hiring a associate golf coach or something like that, you know? So um, we'll see how it goes. There's, there's a couple of people we know it, it won't be, it won't be Jamie Pollard from Iowa state and it won't be Hank Bounds, the former system president. We reported that the other day. I just, it seems, you know, that nothing's, you never say never in these things. The, this conversation about Ed Stewart, who's a executive in the big 12 conference seems to have really died down over the past couple of days. Again, you know, it's not, we haven't reported that he's 100% out of the mix or anything like that, but it just sort of seems that way. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. There's, there's definitely, you know, the, the rumor mill sort of in full swing. Um, you, you wonder about candidates that are closer to uh, the, the program, you know, the, la- I mean, so the last two I and, and Bill Moose were total outsiders, you know, I mean, Sean I had the, they both had sort of like tangential connections to, um, you know, the, the state, I guess, um, to, <laughs> Bill, Bill Alvarez, to, to homesteading out in Western Nebraska in Bill's <laughs> case, but they weren't, they weren't, they weren't connected to the university in any way yeah. really before they got here. And, and so the, I, there's a lot of people who think it's possible they'll go the other way with, with it this time. Now we'll see, um, you know, there's been not, there's not much concrete, um, a lot of people ask to, to use a simple phrase here. A lot of people ask about, you know, the potential candidacy of Trev Alberts at UNO. People ask about John Cook, um, who, by the way, has one of the best classes in volleyball history coming into his program this fall. So um, he's set up pretty well, no matter what happens. Um, and then there's always the possibility that it just you know, the search firm finds somebody that they really like outside the walls. Garrett Classy's interim athletic director right now. Um, he could be part of that conversation or outside the walls. You know, there's there's hundreds of administrators out there around the country. And, you know, many of them are talented. Many of them are young and talented. Um, so hard to say right now what's going to happen or even exactly what the timeline looks like. But um, it's going to be like you say, Baz, we say this every week, but it's going to be pretty interesting, I think, over the next uh, few days to a couple weeks. Yeah, you said the key word there, or key phrase, search firm. And I know this is like a thing that happens in, in all of these searches, but you would think if this was going to be an inside-the-walls hire, there probably wouldn't be a search firm getting hired. And maybe it's all, maybe there's a smoke screen. I'm going to go into conspiracy theory territory here a little bit. But where's, your hat, all- where's your hat? Yeah, I need my tinfoil hat on. Yeah, but it's um, the the phrase "search term" tells you that they probably are looking outside the the family, so to speak, or outside the walls. However, you want to say you don't need a search for him to drive down to Omaha and talk to Trub Alberts. Um, you probably don't need a search for him to get in touch with Ed Stewart, and you certainly don't need one to talk to John Cook or Garrett Classy. So. Again, what does that mean? Who knows? You know, we've seen search firms get hired before, and then it's somebody within an athletic department that gets hired after this search firm did a national search and settled on the guy that was right down the hall. So, we'll search see firms do this great. That search firms have this great service they provide where they give you this big old cover that you put right behind your butt. Uh huh. Exactly. And and it's worth every penny to those it's people. Worth that every penny. It. That way, you can say, look. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we surveyed a lot of candidates around the country. It turns out the best guy was right down the hall or right down the road or, you know, yeah. used to play here or whatever. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny how often that happens where the best guy's right under your nose, but you don't realize it until the search firm gets hired and is brought in and looks around for two or three weeks. So we couldn't have known. We couldn't have known without we had no idea that this was available. Well, we'll move on from that. There's we could go on and on and on about Bill Moose and the search and everything, but there's only 24 hours in a day. So and there's <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. So let's talk a little NIL. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing we could probably talk a while about it became official at midnight uh, last night, or I guess two nights ago, however you want to, however your definition of midnight works, midnight, July 1st. And we saw it right away. We said Garrett Classy, and he was one of the first tweets to say the new era is here. Let, let's go. And shortly after that, here came Lexi Sun with a clothing line. And, and here came Casey Rogers promoting a canine dog training business. And Love it. Here came the, here came, Trey and Bryce McGowan's promoting their podcast sponsored by a couple of local bars. So we were off and running. I thought it was kind of cool to, to kind of watch it yesterday. Cause we didn't really know what to expect. Right. Like we didn't know if there was yeah. going to be just a, a fire hose of these things coming out or, or what it was going to be. And it ended up not being that crazy. You know, uh, Lexi's son was kind of the big one with the, the clothing yeah. line, I thought, and, and, and the McGowan's brothers with the podcast other than that, I think it was a lot of pretty benign stuff. You know, it was, it was Runza. It was the delivery service. It was, you know, the come play video games with us and pay us 10 bucks or whatever yep. it may, you know, Omar Manning signing with a, with a, a firm that, that's going to kind of vet his various opportunities. So it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. So, um, Oh, we might have some breaking news here. Oh, um, uh, According to Twitter, let me see. Nebraska's Delano Banton is keeping his name in the NBA draft, he told the oh. Six nine point guard who led Nebraska in assists, rebounds, and blocks. Had a good showing at the G League Elite Camp in Chicago and subsequent program in front of a, quite a few NBA scouts. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Delano Banton going to stay in the NBA. We, or stay we, in the NBA draft. Our podcast is way too lo-fi to have a breaking news siren, but just imagine everybody listening that the breaking news siren is blaring. Yeah. So, yeah, that's you could kind of see this coming a little bit uh, with Delano, if, if I may go off on a tangent here. Tangent away. It, and it's it's a crazy story because he wasn't even originally a part of the G League elite camp. And then yeah. there was an injury. Uh, and I forget the guy's name. He played at Houston, but there was an injury. Delano Banton got the invite. Went up there, performed really well, led the camp in, in uh, rebounds and blocks or rebounds and assists, excuse me. Questions about whether he could, how well he could shoot it, those sorts of things. Um, and then went to some of these pro days and shot it really well and, and kind of started rising up uh, on draft boards and things like that. So it's, it's a it's a whale of a story for Delano Banton. He was one of the guys that was affected quite a bit by COVID last year um, got benched at the end of the season for a team that won seven games, <laughs> which tells you about how far off NBA radars he was. And yeah. now he's got a chance to be drafted. So it's, it's a cool story for Delano. Uh, we'll see if he gets drafted or not, or if he signs it as, as a, as an undrafted free agent, maybe he's gotten a promise from a team that, that, that he's going to get picked in the second round. That, that's around. what I was wondering is if when this happens and you've just been working out in front of a bunch of NBA teams, does that mean that you have a, a pretty good idea that that there's somebody who's going to take you in the second round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I, NBA draft. Oh, I forget the date of it, but 
it's it's coming up soon, of course. Let's look. Let's do some in July 29th. It's July 29th. So three weeks, four weeks, four weeks from yesterday uh, is yep. when the NBA draft will be. So there you go. Delano Banton going to stay in the draft. Wild you need stuff. To go. Do you want to go right, Baz, or do you want I can I, I can talk about NIL by myself if you want to go. Yeah, right. I'm I should probably uh go get a little writing done. So yeah. I'll uh, I'll sign off here. We'll talk I'll talk to you guys next week and I'll I'll All leave right. it here to Simple and I'll bring it home from here. All right, thanks. See you. Well, now it's just me, uh Parker Gabriel from the Journal Star with uh Baz off to write about the breaking news of Friday morning. Obviously, um not uh, quite on the level of the breaking news last Friday with with Bill Moose leaving, but Delano Batten. That's what you get when you record a podcast and just run it up there live with whatever comes out of it. Sometimes you end up with a lone soldier remaining. So just briefly, you know, with the NIL thing, one thing I think to keep an eye on with that is just there, there's going to be, it was interesting to see the trickle. And I think it's sort of, it, you can look at it a couple ways. I mean, Runza and Go Puff, you know, there's very small amounts of money for each individual athlete that signed up on those things. But there's a novelty of it where, you know, a- a- any of those kids that you saw with that yesterday, even if they got, you know, if it was Henry Latovsky was tweeting about his uh, candy order from Go Puff, you know, that's it's still cool. You're going to look back on that and say, I made money on the first day of the NIL era. Um, you know, that that's a pretty neat thing. Now, you know, there's a couple sort of uh, key people who we I don't think we did see much from, uh, in particular, Adrian Martinez, somebody like Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, you know that those guys, guys like that, um, you know, other players on the volleyball team, athletes around the country have probably bigger deals in the works. But as we you know, contracts don't always come together that fast. So I think you're going to see some of the some of the bigger uh, dominoes on the NIL front fall over the next couple of weeks, maybe today, maybe over the next couple of weeks, but I think you'll see some of those bigger ticket items. There's been reporting out there on the national scene about, um, you know, some of the most visible players um, in college athletics having big deals in the works and those don't always come together right on the first day. So it's going to be fascinating. There's a rumor about somebody having a big deal with Delta airlines or with some more national brands. So uh, those are still coming for the most part, I think. And it's just going to be fascinating to watch it develop, not to go too far into the weeds solo here, but one, one interesting thing at Nebraska and most schools put out their own NIL policies yesterday for the schools. And the reason why all of these schools have individual policies, they, they probably would anyways, but the reason they're so critical now is because um, there's no NCA policy really whatsoever. The NCA threw up its hands and said, okay, schools, you got to figure this out, which long-term just is going to sow chaos probably. Um, but the thing about Nebraska is that's interesting is last fall when there was so much, so many people involved in trying to set policy on the NIL front, one of the things that was at the core of that was keeping the schools and the athletes really separate in the deal-making process. And the thinking of that was, well, you know, that then um, the only way that you can truly avoid limiting what athletes can pursue, which is the idea of the open market, is that they shouldn't be limited too much in terms of the sort of deals they could pursue is to keep it 
separate from schools because there'd be conflicts, right? Conflict, the, the university has a lot of contracts in its own right. And the school of thinking several months ago was, well, if this is going to be an open market for athletes to be able to pursue endorsements, like, yeah, you can tell, um, you can tell Lexi's son that, that she can't have an endorsement deal with a tobacco shop or a gambling service. It's a pretty, that's a pretty clear line in terms of athletics and gambling and, and, you know, sports gambling and the way that that, that relationship works, but you probably can't tell her, um, that she can't have an endorsement deal with anybody who might compete with a university partner across the board. You're just taking too much of the market off the board. Well, without any NCAA guidance and without congressional legislation, you know, sort of federally, it's gone the other way where schools are saying, we'll help our athletes vet deals and make sure that they're not getting taken advantage of and all that. And there's probably positives involved in that without a doubt. But they're also saying, and Nebraska included in this, among many, many others, like you can't, our athletes are not going to be signing deals that compete with university contracts, uh, you know. And so it just, the it's going to change a lot over the course of time. Um, there, It's just a fact of the, the way it's un, unrolled here and, and come to, to be in existence that there's going to be litigation at some point, not necessarily including Nebraska, just, you know, in, in general, um, that's coming. And so, and, and who knows how long it'll take, maybe it'll be right away. Maybe it'll be in a year or whatever. Um, and, and we'll see if there's sort of more sweeping action, um, at the congressional level at some point too. Uh, so it's kind of the wild West right now. And just the way the relationship between athletes and schools in this NIL realm, I think looks different at the outset than what you would have forecasted to look like six months ago. And that's because of the total lack of action taken by the NCAA. Um, and the NCAA will say, well, Congress didn't do anything. Well, the NCAA still could have tried to put rules together, but didn't. And so this is sort of where it's at for now. Um, so keep your head on a swivel because it's gonna change quite a bit uh, over the course of time. Um, and, and who knows, I mean, that could be matter of weeks, matter of months, matter of years, but I bet that in two or three years, when we look back on the opening opening days and weeks and months of, of the NIL era, it won't look some way, somehow it will not look the same down the road as it looks right now. Um, last thing before we go, uh, check the Journal Star this weekend. We've got a story coming um, later today, uh, sort of wrapping up what Nebraska accomplished football-wise on the recruiting trail in June. Um, it's been a busy month. It's died down a little bit over the last 10 days or so. And then on top of that, with the athletic director news and the NIL news and all of that, it's, it's maybe a little bit uh, lost in the shuffle right now. But Nebraska added um, seven players in the month of June, five for the 2022 class, which is sort of the core of the efforts right now. Obviously added Tyreek Johnson, um, you know, for the 21 year as a transfer from Ohio State. And then landed Gunnar Gatula, the, the offensive lineman from Lincoln Southeast for the 23 class. So it's been a busy month. There's more uh, announcements on the way. Justin Williams, a running back from Georgia, is making his decision. Sounds like maybe Nebraska is is climbing an uphill battle there. Uh, James Mons is announcing the defensive back from Florida is announcing on the 4th of July. That's a heated contest. There's, there's a bunch of uh, Big Ten schools uh, involved there, probably primarily Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Indiana. 
Um, not quite. I mean, Nebraska's been in good shape all along with him, but that that's going to probably go down to the wire. Um, and then there, you never know. There's there's several other guys that have visited now um, that that could make their decisions over the next couple of weeks. So we'll have a rundown on all of that in the paper um, on Saturday in print later today. Also have a story coming this weekend on Garrett Classy, who's the interim athletic director, just to look at sort of what brought him to this point um, and a little bit more on, you know, a potential candidacy, mostly talk to other people about Garrett. Uh, he wasn't particularly interested in talking about his candidacy. You can understand that um, he's sitting in the big seat on an interim basis for now. So those two things coming up this weekend, along with uh, Baz got a really good story um, uh, coming this weekend too. obviously Delano Banton news. Uh, we've got more on the NIL front and on the athletic director search as always. Uh, it's the middle of the summer. Every college football coach in the country basically is on vacation, but that doesn't stop the train, man. There's a lot going on. So uh, check Husker Extra, Husker Extra, can't even talk, it's so busy. Check huskerextra.com for all the latest. Please consider uh, subscribing. You can do that at journalstar.com slash subscribe uh, for the breaking news handler, Chris Baznet and the vacationing Stephen M. Sipple. I'm Parker Gabriel. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.